The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Hello and welcome into this week's BGN Instant Reaction Show. I'm Jesse Taylor, finally breathing a sigh of relief after the Eagles were able to squeak that one out, even though it wasn't looking too promising going into the fourth quarter. As always, I'm here with Shane Half as well as Victor Williams. Rachelle is behind the glass doing her thing, getting ready to read all of, I'm sure, the unpleasant responses that are happening on Twitter. But we're just going to talk a little bit about everything that sort of went on today. It, this is going to be, I think, our one of our very first true like instant, instant reaction shows where we've been able to sort of talk about everything and talk about the schemes of the defense and talk about what the offensive game plan was and sort of just, you know, coast through a show. But I feel like everyone has their emotions are like up here and everyone can finally breathe. But what are your immediate thoughts coming out of that game, guys? I'm trying to decide if I should poke the bear now or wait. But I'll just go ahead and wait. say it now. I was, told, I was wait. told Jonathan Gannon should be fired after last week. Are we still doing that? We're we still doing that out here? Listen, here's my opinion. My personal opinion. I'm not one to sit here and scream about firing people. However, I understand the defense only gave up 16 points and made the crucial stop at the end. I get it. However, anyone that continuously makes me watch Josh Sweat and Robert Quinn in coverage, I want to slap in the face, okay? (laughs) So while I understand that schematically it could be sound, anything that schematically continues to put 300-pound linemen in coverage, that's not it. Yeah, no, it's definitely definitely not it. Uh, That part (laughs) is not it, and it's unbelievably frustrating to watch week in, week out when it's things like that that we just – we shouldn't have to look at. Yeah, well, at least we didn't have to see, uh, you know, Linval Joseph in suit. Not that I saw. We didn't see them in, um, in pass coverage, thankfully. So so oh, they were actually. See, they don't know the whole playbook yet. They've just yeah, wait till they find out. <laughs> oh, there's still plenty of time for that to happen. They didn't get to implement that. Yeah, you're definitely you're definitely right. It was good to see them get after the, uh, the quarterback. It was good to see the defense kind of uh, nullify Jonathan Taylor after the first drive. I think he had, uh, I think it was 49 yards in the first drive. And then um, I'm, I, I don't have the number in front of me of what he ended with, but I know it, it, he didn't even eclipse a hundred. So, so, so yeah, so that's, so that's good. That way, what, 49 on the first drive. I mm-hmm. can't do that fast. 45, 45. <laughs> I do feel obligated to point out that this season combined Josh sweat 
and uh, Robert Quinn have combined for eight reps where they dropped into coverage on passing downs. So how many pass deflections do they have between the two? I don't know. They've only dropped it's eight probably times, zero. so it zero. can't be many. <laughs> how many completions have they allowed? Eight. Ooh. I have no idea on that. <laughs> no, no, I do remember Reddick had a had a breakup, so that was so that was good to see. But yeah, so if if they only allowed thirty five yards uh, for the remainder of the game, I would say that's pretty good against one of the elite backs in the NFL. Shane and I have spoken numerous times. Uh, to we have all these uh, good ball carriers coming up: Jonathan Taylor, Aaron Jones, Derrick Henry, who uh, Jordan Davis should probably be back for. Um, I my, minus the first drive. I liked what I saw from the defense as far as stopping the run is concerned. Uh, there yes. was many other issues. But but starting with just the run in general, I liked the adjustments that they made. Maybe it took Sue and Joseph like a like a drive or two to, to get to get back to uh, NFL speed because Linval Joseph was looking a little winded there in the in the beginning. Uh, yeah. But I liked what I saw for the majority part as far as the run defense is concerned. Yeah, and I thought they sort of pulled it together in the fourth quarter as a whole. I mean, across the board, the whole team pulled it together in the fourth quarter as a whole. But I liked a lot more what. It, it, I think one of my biggest frustrations with Jonathan Gannon is they, they almost, he almost tries to make his defense this thing, right? And it's this thing week in, week out, doing the same thing, not necessarily focused on the opponent in front of them. So for example, I understand that Matt Ryan broke off a 40 yard run last week. Matt Ryan is a million years old and that's not going to happen again against you know against a team like the Las Vegas Raiders who let that happen that shouldn't be happening against the Philadelphia Eagles. So when you are planning for the week and you look at what's in front of you you say, "Okay, we are playing Matt Ryan, who has not had a lot of success against us over the last couple of years and is only getting older. Why are they doing things that aren't trying like why are you waiting until the fourth quarter to really bring pressure to that man?" Like I, it's things like that where like they try. I feel like they almost try to have have what they're going to do, and they're trying to have an identity just across the board, which is great. But also, I feel like they don't. He he takes too long to be like, oh, this is who we're playing now. Let's adjust and stop it, as he did for for Jonathan Taylor. And again, looking at Matt Ryan, and as we're going through, you're not playing. You know, I, I understand that like the Packers are not playing well, but you, you can't just write off a guy like Aaron Rodgers and and assume that you're going to be fine going in. You have to game plan for who is in front of you. And I feel like that is sometimes where it lacks with Jonathan again. To your specific point on the blitzing, that, that first drive, they had the Colts to a third and six and they mm-hmm. sent pressure. And mm-hmm. Ryan hit right the spot vacated by the blitzer immediately, sure. a 24 yard gain. And Blitzing is not something Gannon wants to do a lot. And when on the first third down of the game, he calls one and it gets diced up. Uh, he just, he's going to go back into his shell. Like he doesn't want to be a blitz happy guy to start with. And then when he gets burned by it on the first drive, I think you're less likely to see it uh, on passing downs. He trusts his coverage. I did think though, that after the first drive, you know, the Colts walked right down the field uh, and I thought they just tried to insert Joseph and Sue and say, our defense is going to work now. And it didn't. I felt like after that, they did start to at least run blitz some more. Josiah Scott was flying downhill into some gaps uh, out mm-hmm. of the slot. Chauncey Gardner-Johnson made a few plays in the backfield. So I did like that. It was like a, it took him one drive to realize, hey, Joseph doesn't solve all our problems, but there's some other things we can do. And so I did like seeing that. Yeah, what is yeah. the uh, what is the alternative, though? Like, you have to use <laughs> Like, we got carved up. We have these two big guys. You got to throw them in there. What do you know Jonathan Taylor? 
which is exactly why like Sue's been here for what 48 hours and they just threw threw him into the fire so I didn't expect a whole lot I'm encouraged from from their performance from from what they did today the combined sack between the two was exciting to, exciting to see uh, yeah. uh, on that front uh, Jess you had mentioned that um uh, they they need to get under pressure Shane I was gonna bring up that play essentially the third and six where they sent yeah. the house and it didn't it didn't work out for him so Gannon gets in his head a lot and he's like well I'm not gonna <laughs> I'm not going to continuously do this. Uh, but for you guys, defensively speaking, who do you think is missed more between Jordan Davis and Avante Maddox? Because I felt like both of those uh, specific positions were exploited. Obviously, defensive tackle has been in recent weeks, but by the week, you're starting to see how important Avante Maddox has been for this defense. Yeah, I would say Avante Maddox. And honestly, mm-hmm. I would have said Avante Maddox last week as well. <laughs> it's, it's so compromising to what they want to do in the secondary and I mean, Josiah Scott made some plays today. He also, you know, he, he was also responsible for a couple big completions. So mm-hmm. uh, to me, it all starts with that back end. Uh, if I could only bring one guy back next week, it would be Avante Maddox. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. Yeah, I would agree because you have to be able to trust the back end to do half of the things that they want to do. And mm-hmm. you trust Avante Maddox way more than any of those other guys that they're going to throw in there. Yeah, especially you can see how the Eagles are more comfortable when they're in third and long situations. Uh, because without without Jordan Davis, uh, it's really tough to get teams in third and long situations. But in those occurrences that they do, uh, you can see how comfortable they are. Uh, the last couple of weeks, though, unless I'm not paying as close attention as I think I am, Darius Slay's been looking a little rocky these last these last not few great. games. Yeah, what's going not, on there? <laughs> it was. I mean, last and last week it was heavily taken advantage of. This week he didn't look great, but it wasn't as exploited. But I. I, you know, like, wh- how, how does that happen? What happens? That's where I'm at. What is going on? Yeah, like, what, <laughs> what's going on right now? And, and I think I'm, I'm at that point with a, a, a couple spots of this defense at the moment. Yeah, where I'm just kind of, Done. Mm, <laughs> I'm just, you know, like, how did we get here? Where, like, I think I, that's, I, those are my, like, only two tweets of the game today, was where did my defense go? And then, you know, where did my offense go when they were just, I don't know what they were doing. They were both gone. Where special teams been at all year. Yeah. <laughs> we, yeah. We have a problem with that on here. We don't, we don't talk about special teams very often. Oh, that's the rule. That's the rule now. Well, yeah. Jess doesn't yeah, talk just, about it. I bring it up every week and then she changes the subject. <laughs> it's so frustrating. Britt and Cubby getting clotheslined every week. You don't like that? No. The best play I've ever seen him make was when he called for a fair catch today. It was tremendous. I yeah, a thirteen yard return today. Nice little thirteen yarder, you know. I, I tweeted I tweeted the missed field goal by the Colts and I said that's the most positive impact an Eagles special teams play has had all season. He let a punt go into the end zone and I was pretty happy about it. I was like, All right, touchback. <laughs> Let's go. At least we're at the twenty five, thank God. <laughs> yeah. But I I I to to your point, Vic, like I don't know what's going on all of a sudden. Like this team that was playing so well, so cohesively, and and maybe it has to do like, but they it they didn't fall off like that right after Jordan Davis went down, and Avante Maddox had been in and out anyway. Mm -hmm. So it's not like you see where they miss them, obviously, but it's not like you know this guy goes down and your defense falls apart. Like it took a couple of weeks for the it's to start to fall apart a little bit and things start to happen here and there. I don't know if there's like, you know, it's one of those things where after the season we're going to hear about this like weird injury that Darius Slay was nursing since you know like week six that he He's has. You know, like who knows? But they got to they they need to figure it out. Yeah, Slay's been known to play through injuries and not really speak about it, so it wouldn't shock me. 
if if this was one of those uh, one of those moments. Uh, one of the one of the guys that uh, Shane and I weekly uh, sing our praises for, but more so me than Shane, I guess, is CJ. He looked really active today, uh, in my opinion. Um, it's weird to to speak on it immediately after the game and not go back and see it. But from the from my perspective, I felt like CJ was like one in every four plays he was in there making the tackle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, he he was downhill a lot uh, in in run defense. He hits hard for a guy he his does. size. Man. Yeah, he he hits really hard. He's not a great tackler, but he hits you hard. Uh, hey, he'll knock you off balance if you fall. He's gonna, <laughs> yeah, he's gonna light you up or miss the tackle. But our uh, R.I.P. the Chauncey Gardner Johnson interception streak. I guess it ends at five games. No, I was ends at five. I, the 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 drive that Marcus Epps stripped the ball. I tweeted like two plays before that at the start of the drive. It's time for Chauncey to get his pick, and then it was not to be. But that's all right. I'll take a fumble too. Yeah. R.I.P. R.I.P. Shane's. Uh, not all of C.J.'s picks are good picks. <laughs> Takes. <laughs> Those no, no. end this week. <laughs> Every pick is a good pick. It's just not always the result of a great play. <laughs> oh man. Oh man. Um. Valid. All right. Let's shift gears to the offense a little bit because they, while again they, I, I think, both sides of the ball obviously deserve credit for the win and deserve credit for their final drives that they had to to execute. Obviously the defense made sure that nothing nothing happened with the one point lead. Jalen Hurts leads them right down the field and and uses his legs and his strength to make sure that they that they, you know, obviously get the touchdown on that play. Um if you had to pinpoint where your main frustration was throughout this game within the offense, where would you guys put it? Can we point out first, what? Uh, can we point out like what was good on the offense? It's a little easier to to to, to, to do that. Uh, well, yeah, sure. I mean, both. Go nah, 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 nah. Point out what your favorite part was and what what your. Let's complain first, and then we'll. we'll yeah, talk about it, it. We'll, um, we'll end it on more positive, please. Yeah, there's not many. Uh, well, the absence of Dallas Goddard was like was uh, was very evident today. Now, I I I thought, and, and Shane as well, obviously, like we all thought that if Dallas Goddard was lost for any part of the season, for whatever reason, it was going to be one of the most devastating blows that the team uh, could sustain. Obviously we weren't hoping for that, which mm-hmm. is why we were screaming for, uh, for all these targets, Albert O and all these targets at the deadline. And then we yes. were met with, uh, we were met with uh, anger at wanting another title. <laughs> but um, yes. now, now we're seeing why we, we wanted one because uh, Kakatera clearly isn't the blocker that Goddard was. He's getting no. caught on penalties. Jack Stahl is, is what he is at this point. Um, Tyree Jackson, I think I saw him in there for for a handful of snaps, and it, it wasn't going well. He was called on a holding too, I believe. Yeah. Dallas Goddard makes a lot of things go in this offense, and even when the ball isn't going his way, Sirianni and Steichen scheme him in certain situations to free up AJ and uh, and Devontae Smith. And now it's harder, as good as they are, it's harder for them to create separation now without Dallas Goddard attracting attention up the seam. That, in addition to the detail, which is what we saw through the penalties, I think that is a situation that the Eagles desperately have to figure out fast before they continuously shoot themselves in the foot. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. That that Goddard, the Goddard injury is huge. It impacts the running game. It impacts We're vindicated, the- Shane. We're vindicated today. <laughs> and I don't want to be, but he's foundational to how they run their offense. And I don't understand. Like Shane Steichen was horrendous today. The, the worst game I've ever seen him call. Like You come yes. into a game with your tight end out and your other tight ends are all bad. Stop yeah. running 12 and 13 personnel. Stop it. And in this game, Boston Scott has, well, let me start with, Kenny Gainwell has one carry. You know what it was? 
it was on a third and like three and they come out in 13 personnel and they run it into a stacked box a 10-man box with kenny gainwell for no gain punt the ball at the end of the game boston scott has three carries three consecutive carries into heavy boxes with a five six running back in the red zone like the game plan was horrific today from shane steichen and even coming out of the two minute warning to line up and fake like you're going to QB sneak it on fourth and two who has ever QB sneaked it on fourth and two and you burn a timeout like the Eagles end up scoring but the game is over if they don't pick up that fourth and two because they wasted a timeout trying to draw the Colts offside Mm -hmm. on fourth and two it's not going to happen like it was just poor poor game management all the way from Steichen and the AJ Brown fumble hurts there's a lot of things that hurt in this game but the play calling was just horrendous today. Bad. But it was also, it wasn't even just, we could we could stop it bad, but it wasn't even just bad. It was extremely, and we talked about this last week too, it was so different from what we have seen up to this point in the year. And while I understand that you lost Dallas Goddard, like you knew going into the week that you didn't have Dallas Goddard. That wasn't a surprise this morning that you didn't have Dallas Goddard. And you know, I understand that we talked about last week. One of the things that they do is that tight end screen that's almost an automatic guaranteed first down. You have to eliminate that from from your game plan. When both of your other tight ends, your three other tight ends are bad and useless in A, in the passing game and the run game, you have to bring in a guy like Zach Pascal who's less of a threat, but you have to bring him in because he's the one who's going to do some of that nitty-gritty stuff that Dallas Goddard does. And, you know, you're bringing him into a team that knows him really well, knows his strengths, knows his weaknesses, and knows that he's maybe less of a threat actually to, you know, catch the ball in any sort of, you know, dire situation where Jalen Hurts is trying to get rid of it. So those things are bad. So when you have all of that involved and you as an offensive coordinator know that that's coming up to you, the fact that they're, I mean, no, no, no motion of any kind, no, any, no kind of interest. The most interesting thing that they did was on Jalen Hurts' touchdown where they pulled Jason Kelsey out and they had the whole right side of the line shift. Like they were in, in, they were uh, in pass coverage and that, that was, but that again, that was under a minute left in the fourth quarter. Like that was the most interesting thing we saw and it took 59 minutes to get there. I don't know. I, I thought the first play of the third quarter when you isolated Miles Sanders on a defensive end while you tried to, to throw the ball 70 yards downfield. I thought that was interesting. Uh, not good, but certainly interesting. Interesting. I think the best play call uh, throughout that whole drive was just sending Miles Sanders deep and having him draw that penalty. I don't know why he got speared or why that linebacker tackled him the way the way he did. Uh, no. But that was definitely a uh, an integral part to uh, to that drive, but yeah, not the uh, not the smooth and uh, you know everything clicking offense that we're used to seeing thus far in the season. Uh, I know people are continuously saying like, "Oh, Washington, you know, set up the blueprint or whatever the situation is." I don't even think that's the case. I think the Eagles have just gotten more sloppy on offense, and they're getting away from the run. I think just a tad. There's situations where I think they should be running, and 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 they're getting pass happy because Hertz is you know a newfound passer now, so and they still want to use their weapons in A.J. Brown and uh, and Devontae Smith. So they'll have to figure out how they're going to patch up that hole. The deadline has passed, so they can't, you know, right. trade for anybody. Jared Cook and some other names are out there. I don't know how he Rosen entertains that, uh, but it's definitely uh, filling in the void for Dallas Goddard is proving more uh, difficult than the Eagles probably originally thought. 
and not utilizing the run enough. And when they do, I feel like they're not, they're, they're being like, they're like, Ooh, let's share the ball instead of just handing it to Miles Sanders, who again, has been one of the best running backs, has been one of the best running backs and most consistent running backs in the NFL. And you have one of the best offensive lines in football. Why are you trying to utilize the two like running backs that are my size? Eagles running backs combined for negative seven EPA on rushing attempts today. Like the run game was not good. Not good. I I really didn't understand. So the Eagles get the ball back with three and a half minutes left down six. So it's not a, it's not a let's drain the clock. And if we don't get in, we can kick a field goal to tie the game and send it to overtime. You have to score a touchdown. Mm -hmm. And on that drive hurts had a throwaway. He had the broken play that he underthrew to Miles Sanders with the PI. And then he had like one completion. Everything else was running the ball, run, 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 which had not been working. Like I don't understand that approach. I don't know if it's that the Eagles don't have confidence in Hurts in that situation. Uh, I don't know if it is we're trying to run out the clock, but if it's we're trying to run out the clock, the Colts still had the ball with a minute 20 and a timeout left. Like that's too much time. It's too precarious of a situation to try to run the clock out. I, I just, again, it was one of those things. I just thought, Shane Steichen did not have it together today at all. No. And the clip that they showed after they went and scored that touchdown, I would be willing to put money down that Shane Steichen was apologizing and thanking Jalen Hurts for bailing him out with the way he played on that final drive because there's nothing else he could say to him at that point in time. I I just, yeah. I mean, I think this is probably, aside from last week, the most confused I've been after what because I feel like we were watching the same Eagles team for the first eight weeks of the season and we saw a lot of consistency and what we talked about a lot last year was for the first seven weeks until they started consistently running the ball they didn't really have an identity we saw a different team every week we saw a different offense we saw a different defense we never saw any them show up at the same time We saw a team with an identity, with a blueprint of what they were going to do, and then obviously adjust things here and there as they needed to to win the football game. I feel like we have – that team is gone. We haven't seen that team again. And I don't know what team has all of a sudden arrived, but they need to go away, and the old one needs to come back. I mean, even down to the dump – like all of the the drive with three straight penalties. They had been – you know, penalties here and there, but had been so clean for the majority of that, for that, you know, the first half of the season, all of us, like, I just don't understand why all of a sudden everyone's falling apart in, in different ways. Let's hope it's just flukiness. That's going to go away. I mean, the penalties, I don't know. A lot of those, several of those penalties, you had the first two drives, both killed by penalties on backup tight ends. I mean, granite granite you already had two penalties before that it was first and 25 but jalen hurts completed a pass for 18 yards you're back to second and seven but wait there's another penalty on a backup tight end that kills your drive and so there's an element of that there's an element of the eagles were remarkably lucky with turnovers at the start of the year and they just haven't been Mm -hmm. uh, the last couple of weeks they lose a fumble again today from aj brown um it's just been a rough go of fumbles, unlucky turnovers, and you got to fix it. Like, yeah, you got to preach ball security. There's no reason Brown should be trying to break a tackle with one hand on the ball downfield. Yeah. Uh, but the Eagles seem to be hunting big plays, and it's come easy for them for a lot of this season. 
now the big plays aren't coming. The, the negative side of that is coming, and they've got to find a way to mitigate that. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, let's. I'm, I'm scared to check in on Twitter and see what what the responses to this tweet are. But you know what? Honestly, sometimes they're more fun when they're negative because people people tend to be funny. So, I, Rachelle, is there any sort of positivity, or is it just a lot of lot of a lot of fire, Jonathan Gannon? That's what I, I assume. Seen- I've seen a few fire Jonathan Gannon, but there are some people who are still being positive. I've seen a couple, you know, wins a win. I've seen a few of those type of things. Ugly wins count. So, I mean, that's true. But, of course, like when the Eagles have these more interesting, like down to the wire games, like the comments go crazy. So, some of the ones that I have seen, butts for game plan, you guys already kind of touched on that a lot. Um, I saw do we suck question mark and yes you were kind of touching on that a little bit like this isn't the team we've been seeing this this isn't the eight and oh team that we're used to seeing so that's interesting um a tad relieved need a drink almost complete team so very stinky so it's kind of like a mix but I'm actually surprised by how many people have like positive responses it's not just all fire drunk again and some people are just like it is what it is we still won clean it up and let's move on yeah, that's pretty shocking. Uh, I guess, like you said, Jess, like confused is the is the is the tone right now. People don't know how to feel because you did win, and you know when you get into the postseason and seeding, nobody cares. You know, all they'll see is the win. Nobody cares how you got there or what right. the method was or whatever the situation is. Uh, so, and it was good to see like Quez get in the end zone after his blunder last week. Um, Brandon Graham made up for his uh, whatever you want to call that last week, whatever <laughs> that was. Um, Brandon Graham, his late play made up for that as well so there's a lot of things that when fans watch this i feel like uh i feel like that they know it can be fixable again a lot of dumb stuff like uh like last week they just got to stop getting too cute and get back to who they were in the first uh eight weeks of the season to, to your point jess yeah and i think you know continuing on that like after eight weeks of seeing a lot of continuity a lot of the same team and a lot of the team who knows what they're doing and really focused really locked in to see it, you know, last week after, you know, only their second game in like 28 days and coming off the mini buy, mm-hmm. and you're just like, okay, you know, and, and they take their first loss. We knew the L monster was in there somewhere, right? Like we didn't know where it was going to be. We knew it was going to be something like that because their schedule coming up, not great, right? So you walk out last week and you're like, okay, you know, you're frustrated at, at, at the refs. You're frustrated at the fumbles. You're frustrated across the board at a lot of different things, like whatever it was that Brandon Graham did, Quez Walk. Like, you're, you, you were just kind of like, all right, it was going to happen. They got it all out. 
that's not what we're going to see week in, week out. But now you get to this week and you see a t- you see too many similarities to what they did last week. So you see these these things kind of creeping back in when you were expecting a, a complete sort of turnaround from what you saw last week. And I think that's why you get confused and you it allows a little bit more of this, okay, so if last week was fluky, what was this week? Why is it two weeks in a row? That's where that concern creeps in a little bit. I think sloppy is the best way to put it. Because a lot of a lot of, especially in the first half, a lot of it was just eagles shooting themselves in the foot, like the Mm -hmm. penalty you guys already count touched on it. So I think that this was just sloppy play. I did have a question. Um, Shane, I think you kind of were tweeting on this earlier. The first play out of the second half where it was like the strip sack with Jalen Hurts. Um, who's to blame for that? Because I saw a couple people tweeting about this. Yeah, I, I, I'm like 98% sure that players did what they were supposed to, and that's just an awful design. Like, So it's a four-man rush. If you guys can watch the play back later if you're listening here. But – it's a four-man rush, and Miles Sanders immediately steps to the defensive end. So that tells me that he was schemed to be Sanders' guy. You see, Mylotta didn't whiff. He goes immediately to the defensive tackle for the double team. Uh, why? If you were going to do like a sprint rollout to the right, that makes sense. You just seal off the edge with your running back. But you can't roll out like three steps and then expect to sit in the pocket for five seconds. Miles Sanders has no chance against an edge rusher for that time. So... I mean, to me, that's a bad play call. Sanders did the best he can. He's not an offensive tackle. And it's a little bit on Hurts. you got to have a timer in your head and know that if that's as far as you're rolling out, there's a guy coming behind you. So uh, mostly play call. A little bit Hurts needs to have a better pocket feel there. But overall, your your offense has struggled to get in a rhythm in the first half. That should not be what you do coming out of halftime. And I don't yeah. disagree with the idea to take a shot there, but that was that one minute. That wasn't the yeah. It looked like it looked like Miles like held him as long as he could. Like it wasn't like a quick. Like he gave him a solid like three four <laughs> seconds. He like Hertz was able to wind up, and there's a good like I'm sure eighty to ninety pound disparity between uh, Ngakwe and uh, and uh, was it Ngakwe? I think he was trying to block. So yeah, there's a good eighty pound disparity there. So, yeah, and I'll just Miles, say as far as pass reps go, that's a great pass rep. That's um, good. Yeah, you don't Miles, he, he did what he could. Defensive end right. that long. He wasn't going to pancake him. Like, he wasn't going to pancake him by any means. But <laughs> if only. If only. Oh, he just he just checked them and put them on his ass. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, I mean that would be I, that would highlight tape for everybody to see. Uh, All right, yeah. I have a very important question. Are we rooting for Minnesota or Dallas? It's easy, Dallas. Yeah, you have to. In this one specific case. You have to do Dallas because Giants lost, right? But they're still behind yeah. uh, the Eagles, and the Eagles yeah, need to be by the Lions. Yeah, yeah. They, they need to be atop of the NFC, like by themselves without a tiebreaker. So I think in this special case, you have to you have to pull for. I mean, not be thrilled about it. Don't be like you know doing backflips or nothing. But you have to quietly <laughs> cheer for cheer for Dallas to give Minnesota their second loss, so that Philly can be sitting by themselves. Basically, if if Dallas wins, the Eagles sit atop. Uh, they basically have a two-game lead by virtue of the tiebreaker for the one seed mm-hmm. and a two-game lead in the division as well with a tiebreaker over Dallas versus the mm-hmm. flip side. If Minnesota wins, uh, it doesn't really gain you anything in the division, but now you're just tied for the one seed. And you do have that tiebreaker, but you would like a little more breathing room. So as much as you don't want to, uh, the 
preferable outcome would be Dallas winning. Yeah, preferable. preferable. Three zero in <laughs> overtime. <laughs> or they can tie. If they, they tie, tie, that'd be great. Tie works too. They could tie. That's the preferred option. <laughs> you root for whoever's behind and hope for a tie. <laughs> yeah. I I also I can't quite explain how angry it still makes me. Not angry. I just think it's stupid. That skull chant and when they show like the whole crowd mm-hmm. doing it. Yeah. It's worse than the uh, than the chop drawn, but the uh, Atlanta Atlanta Braves. Yeah, it's it's up there with the worst chance ever in sports. So <laughs> I mean, I mean, there's so many reasons why that's the worst one. Yeah, well, I mean, for <laughs> sport reasons, yeah, not the other, you know, obvious reasons. <laughs> so many reasons. So yeah. many reasons. Well, right now, the Cowboys are winning 3 nothing. so. And Sounds good. Kirk Cousins Sounds good to me. Kirk Cousins. Dayton, so, you know, you know. All right. How are we, one word, to wrap this all up, give me one word of how you're feeling right now, you know, 35-ish minutes post-game and going into into all of our shows this week and, and getting ready for Sunday Night Football. Relieved. relieved. Yeah, relieved is where I'm at. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> relieved is where I'm at. That's where we're at. A win is a win. We'll take it. Relieved. All right, skeptical, I'll just go with Skeptical is an honorable mention. Skeptical, skeptical, we can have an honorable mention. Skeptical. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I walk away from today and first of all, you, you win. So that's priority one. You win. Yes. Priority two is the run defense appears to be fixed. And that's huge. The third issue is the sloppiness on offense. And they haven't been sloppy on offense for eight out of 10 games this year. And that's been two games in a row. But I have, I have more confidence that they can fix the sloppiness on offense than I had that they could fix the run defense issues by signing two 35 year old guys out of free agency. So overall, because they win, I walk away feeling better today at just by virtue of the defense taking a step forward. Now the offense just has to figure their stuff out. Yeah. I can't wait to uh, wake up tomorrow and see those snap counts and see yeah. that Linval Joseph was in there for like 52 snaps. Yeah. Great. Great. They're going to be winded by the, by the postseason if they keep playing them like this. But uh, yeah. when Jordan yeah. Davis comes back into the mix and they get the rotation going, that'll, yeah. that'll be good. That's exactly what I was going to say. There, it's it's a perfect decision on the on the cheap side to just fill in for now, and then when Jordan Davis gets back, use them as rotational guys. Hey, that's, that's an easy seven hundred fifty k right there to come in and play for a few games. You know, chill out. Did Robert Quinn do anything today of note, Shane? Did you see? Not, I, not that I saw. Did you hear uh, his name? He, no, no. I think he had one tackle. I'll, nice. I'll pull it back up, but yeah, didn't notice him much. That's his best uh, Ryan Kerrigan impression he did today. Cool. Oh, no, actually, I don't think he had a tackle. He's not showing up on the stat sheet here. So it was Ryan Kerrigan. That's all. All right. Sean Bradley had a tackle. Nice. Great. I thought I saw him tweet during the game. I was like, are you playing? I thought I saw him tweet. I guess it was something else I saw. <laughs> oh, Fletcher Robert, Cox had a tackle today. That's that's yeah. so kind of him to jump in there. Say, How many pressures, this, Robert Quinn had the same number of tackles for loss as Fletcher Cox. So Great. Yeah. Yeah, so zero. Oh, we'll right. hear Fletcher's t- as tired as he was last week because he was vocal about how tired he was last week. <laughs> I will say there was one clip that I tweeted where Cox had a really good play in the run game. He he like spun out of a double team and he hit the def- he hit the ball carrier. I think it was Jonathan Taylor. I don't remember which one. He hit him in the backfield. He didn't get him down, but it ends up being a tackle for loss for somebody else. So I didn't notice Cox really beyond that, but that one was a good play from him that doesn't show up on his stat sheet. Maybe nice. having some extra bodies in the interior defensive line will allow him to not be as tired and 
actually get back to yeah, himself. Yeah, because they lost uh, Tui Pelotu as well, so they they right. had to make up for him. He was pretty. He was a you know key piece in that in that rotation. Yeah, was he? He took a lot of I mean, snaps. Key key as in he got a lot of the snaps, not key as in effective. <laughs> key as in he got a large share of the snaps and gave people a rest. <laughs> I was gonna say Sports Info Solutions does like individual defensive player EPA breakdowns. And I think it was Marlon Tui Pelotu was like negative one EPA per snap that he's on the field or something. It was like hurting that. the team to play him? That's that's yeah. what it was? Wow. Yeah. Good. Wow. Jalen Rager stat right there. That's a bad yeah. <laughs> Speaking of. No, no. you guys listen? No, <laughs> <laughs> no, no. no. <laughs> Did you guys happen to have any availability over the last couple weeks to act, listen to the full episode of the New Heights podcast with Jalen Hurts? Mm-hmm. I just love the clip. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I watched it all last night, actually. I thought you were about to ask something about Jalen Rager. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of, I thought they were Rager intrigue. We are like, about to talk about Jalen Rager for a hot oh, second. No. We are. Because did you did you hear it? Did you hear the, the – so there were two things that Jalen Hurts said that I was like – that if you weren't listening, you weren't going to pick up on. One of them was a tiny, teeny, teeny, teeny – I mean, as much of a shot at a player as, you know, a guy like Jalen Hurts is going to take, right? So they're talking about what is working on the offense this year. And he's like, yeah, like last year we were doing like just like a lot of dumb things, like a lot of dumb penalties, stepping out of bounds, running a route. Like he just and, – and I was like – I looked at my husband and I was like, did you hear that? And he was like, what? And I was like – I was like, that was Jalen Rager. And then he, he goes, well, I it. haven't thought about Jalen Rager for a while. And I said, well, Yeah. None of us he probably, really have. He probably said it in such a professional tone that I didn't even like it. I had it on like in the background kind of, so I was like doing other stuff. But yeah, wow. We were in the car for five hours yesterday. Well, 10. Oh, but, yeah, no choice. So we were just listening. <laughs> I was just, and I wasn't driving. So I was just listening and I was like, hmm, interesting. And I got to go watch it. Yeah, it's a good watch. It's a good, it's a good visual watch, actually. It's a very good yeah. watch. Yeah, if anybody out there watching or listening hasn't listened to that, you should go listen to, watch it, whatever you want to do. It's great stuff. And it is. to be honest, if you're looking for a podcast to add into the mix, both the Kelseys are really entertaining. So I can't recommend that enough. Obviously, after you listen to all the BGN stuff, yes. go check out <laughs> New Heights. It's been really good. Yeah, it it they they do a really, really good job. And, uh, and especially because they, I mean, they talk about everything that's going on in the NFL. So anybody who's a football fan in general, whether you're an mm-hmm. Eagles fan, a Chiefs fan, or just a football fan, so much fun to listen to. Yeah, and they talked about when they talked about uh, Hertz getting drafted, and they were like, "What was your reaction?" And you could tell Hertz didn't want to like speak on Wentz a whole lot, but he was like, "Yeah, I was just like, all right, let's go." But you could tell, like, you saw in his face when he was like, "I'm about to take this dude's job." <laughs> like, but that's yeah. yeah you, there's a lot of stuff I'm sure he wanted to say on that. Similarly that to Darren Sproles on that whole thing like two days ago. Yeah. And there was something else one, at one the end of, of that podcast too, okay. where he was talking like. He was talking about, um, you know, his dad being his coach and when he's his dad was coaching, but also kind of growing up in that environment. So he was always able to kind of hang out with these high school quarterbacks and, you know, the guys that were working with his dad and get different pointers from a really young age and, you know, lean on some of these guys. And he said something along the lines of like, you know, it was really nice to have that at a young age and you have that in college. And he, he goes, I didn't have that so much when I came into the league. And I was like, oh, my mm. Jesus. Mm. <laughs> And again, like Jalen Hurts, very like even keeled, calm, cool, collected, no inflection in his voice. And I was just like, oh, <laughs> there mm. it is. Yeah, I, I like the part where he said his dad's still mad at him a little bit that he never won him a championship too. But at the high school, funny. right? 
at yeah. the high school. Yeah, that was yeah. funny. I remember that. One, one of my favorite things, it's been a multi-episode arc on there, is you know, Jason Kelsey got Jalen Hurts on there. And so he's been trying to get Travis Kelsey to get either Patrick Mahomes or Andy Reid on, and Travis Kelsey's too chicken to ask him. Mm-hmm. And that's been like my favorite thing. And now he's been like blasting him on Twitter about it too. So it's pretty funny stuff. Fun, fun stuff. Yeah, it's a good podcast. So definitely, again, after you listen to this one, is this so? I what one team did just rip out? Who was it? Just ripped out their turf. I don't know if it was because of this, but people have been saying that for years. People have been this for a while. It was um MetLife because I oh. think Sa- Saquon tore his ACL, and then someone like the following week tore their ACL as well. And it's very similar to I don't know if you remember in St. Louis before obviously the Rams moved to LA, they had concrete lining their um lining their field so it was like you know, think about like a high school field right like where it's like the field and then you have the track around and then the the bleachers so that was what they had in st louis and i want to say it was adrian peterson slipped and tore his acl and i think he sued i don't think he sued the rams i think he might have sued the owners of the stadium like something where they were like this is this is simply not safe and I, but I know MetLife was getting a lot of it from a bunch of different players getting hurt there. And I, I don't remember what team just ripped out their, ripped their towel. It, uh, Sterling Shepard just tear his ACL this year, I think. I, I, I don't know if it was at MetLife, but he tore it this year and there was a whole another turf situation. I don't know if it was at MetLife or not. Um, but yeah, everybody's getting hurt on those things and the players preferably like to play on grass. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think I remember Hertz speaking on yeah. that during the show as well. Like grass is preferred so that we can keep our limbs intact but you know that's that's neither here nor there and the way that they plant as well is just much safer and Mm -hmm. and, right i mean it's concrete under turf yep when you fall it's not anybody's joints it's not good not good not good all right we will wrap it there now that we're just talking about (laughs) podcasts thank you guys so much for jumping on with us and and this was actually one of i think my favorite shows we've done so far after the season because we actually had a lot of things to complain about it's it's much I, I don't want to have more of these but it's much easier to just let let it let all the emotions out when you know they're negative but thank you guys for jumping on with us we'll be back next week post sunday night football hopefully for a win everyone who celebrates enjoy your thanksgiving this week eat lots of food watch lots of football on thursday go birds enjoy the win and we'll talk to you next week catch up go birds